after what felt like and what feels like a long time of internet acquaintancing and and virtual friend of the showing or whatever, we are finally joined in the studio by Chimes right now. How's Yay! it going? Hi, it's going good. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. We're we good. we finally did it. It feels like it's been <laughs> like did. a long time coming. It's I don't know. Yeah, of all the people, we have a lot of artists that we like have a rapport with and, mm-hmm. and communication. And you would have to like be the longest that, that we've had that without actually doing an interview. Really? So, so it feels like a long time coming. Yeah. And we've timed it really, really well because on Friday you just dropped your latest EP, Karma. I did. How do you feel? Good. I'm very happy for it to be out. I wrote it almost more than a year ago, I think now. So it's been ready to go for a while, but obviously COVID delayed a whole bunch of things, but now it's finally out. So I'm like excited to like let go of this piece of me and fans can have it. And yeah. It is a very sort of F you vibe. Yes. (laughs) As the singles were dropping, we were just like, bam, bam. Like you're just landing blows every, every track. Yeah. Yeah. What's the story behind some of these songs? I sort of have always struggled with friendships growing up and like throughout my life. I like love people really deeply. I get attached really quickly and definitely view my friendships as relationships, which I think most people do, but definitely have like struggled with friendships in the past. And and I definitely think I'm a bit of a magnet for like narcissists (laughs) or like crazy psycho people in the end that always stab me in the back. So I just felt like it was like a therapeutic way to explore these kinds of friendships by putting them into song form and that's kind of how it happened. And you said you're ready to let go of this part of you now with the release of this EP. So since it was written about a year ago, have those sorts of themes come up in your life again since or has it sort of been? (laughs) (laughs) I've got a whole other EP. (laughs) I will. Yeah, they... um, yeah, the, those themes have definitely come up again. Um, not as frequently. I feel like I'm getting better at navigating friendships and relationships these days. But the songs are still relevant to me. And I think they will be relevant for a little while. They're like little pieces of memories of friendships that like, you know, lessons I've learned and like self-exploration as well in that sense. And like, obviously making stuff like that is is good for your fans and good for your art. But how how much did that help you in terms of like, because those kind of the things you're describing dealing with toxic people impact on interpersonal relationships are the ones that that's what affects human beings the most is our relationships with other people so how how important was it for you or how much change did it make for you to be exploring that stuff via your music and then releasing it was it a big help did it get it off your chest um yeah it did i think it's like nice to like on a personal level to have a personal anthem like for me you know for like black hole friend for example and karma definitely is the same um they're sort of like sisters in my brain but yeah i definitely feel like it was super therapeutic great to explore like these kind of theme that's been occurring in my life and yeah like as you said let it go and then i'm like trying to put together my live set so when i'm rehearsing those songs they definitely feel fun and therapeutic and like a release and like sort of even though they're like darker sort of tones in the lyrics and stuff like that it's definitely feels like a happy moment to like sing those songs and listen to those songs if that makes any sense it's like a full circle moment for you from 
writing it, recording, releasing, and now being able to perform it live, mm. hopefully coming yes. up shortly. <laughs> yeah, so that that's obviously really, really cool. And you mentioned bad friendships, but we know you have a, a good friendship with another local artist, Aston. You guys yes. have, have you known each other for a while or is this quite a recent friendship from the music industry? We met early 2020, sort of like February 2020. I don't even know. I think I reached out to her on Instagram and she had just come back from LA and she was living on the coast and she was like, yeah, let's write. And then we got in the studio and we were seeing each other every week, sometimes multiple times a week, just writing and like having fun and like built this really beautiful friendship. Yeah. She's like so much fun. She taught me so much. Like I had not been to LA and I was planning to go to LA in March, 2020, but obviously (laughs) that couldn't happen. (laughs) It was just like a really beautiful, beneficial like friendship. I love her so much. I'm such a big fan of hers. Like I'm like her biggest fan. They're all her songs. (laughs) Yeah, because we spoke to her last year it was and she is just like a big ball of like positive energy. And, she is. But she's got an extensive songwriting history. Like she writes for K-pop and yep. she, she writes music for a lot of people. So the fact that you've learned from her is good. And is she still over in America? Because she was recently. I think she's back now. I'm not entirely sure. She's sort of like she's super busy. Like yeah. her songwriting with like K-pop and stuff like that's really taken off. So she's super busy. But she did go for... Was it iHeartRadio Songwriting yeah, Awards? I, so, I think yeah. it was. It's pretty cool. And when you think about, like you mentioned it before, the you, you had a planned trip to LA. You were telling us a bit about it off air. And, and the last two years have just been like, you know, what? <laughs> a <laughs> nightmare. Swear words that we can't <laughs> say on this show, basically. But uh, when you also look back at, at your last couple of years, it's you've been building this kind of like incredible momentum. You had your EP released last year, your debut EP, Hell and Divine, which is really well received. You ended up on a bunch of Spotify playlists that like really got you a lot of reach, which translate into millions of plays. You've been favorably reviewed all over the place. Oh, that's so nice. And, <laughs> and you've got now this new EP. You even got a did you get a shout out from one of the BTS people I did. or something like that? I did, I did. That's cool. Like so obviously <laughs> despite the setbacks of the last couple mm-hmm. of years, there's been a lot of momentum building. So how are you feeling at this point? Like kind of looking back and then and then looking ahead. Are, are you kind of still ruining the stuff that you missed or are you are you satisfied mm. with, with how it's unfolded? First of all, shout out to BTS Army. Love you guys. Um, Yeah, the last two years have been really messed up. I definitely still have moments where I am like cursing the last two years and wish they were different and think, oh, if only this didn't happen, if only that didn't happen, if only blah, blah, blah. But obviously can't do anything about it. So (laughs) I'm just like trying to, you know, remember that like I'm a big believer of everything happens for a reason. I ended up going to LA at the beginning of this year and I definitely feel like, I was so much more ready this time than I would have been in 2020. And although like the last two years have been like the worst year of my life personally, I've learned so much about myself as an artist and a songwriter and like even just like as a person, you know, overcoming struggles and stuff like that. But I definitely feel like I try and celebrate what I have achieved. But, you know, I'm the queen of like it's not good enough. Let me do it again. Like I would re-record everything and re-release it. So you sound like a musical artist. Yeah. Oh yeah. Funny that. Bit of a perfectionist in yes. that sense, but it is so easy to go. What if? You know, what mm. if this hadn't happened? Twenty twenty was going to be my year. I was going to go to LA. I was going to meet all these people, write all these amazing tracks. And like we've spoken to a few artists who have had a similar sort of story where they thought twenty twenty was going to be their year, and then obviously 
the music industry got completely decimated, amongst other industries, but mm. the music industry Specific, got yeah. hit hardest. So you, it's good, though, that you do have that sort of outlook where, look, it wasn't meant to be. I'm yep. now could have gone that way. We've now gone this direction. This is now the path I'm on. What does the rest of the year look like for you? Obviously, you've just dropped an EP. You hinted live shows before. Have been, has anything been yes. announced in that sense that um, we've missed, or is it? No, nothing's been announced. I am currently putting together my live set. I am like always writing new songs. So I like go back to my live set. I'm like, oh my God, we have to add this song now. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a bit of a challenge. And like the queen of I could do better or it could be better. So I'm like trying to get a grip on myself and like put together the live set. But I really want to focus the latter half of this year on doing shows, um, hopefully land a support slot tour. That would be ideal. Who's the dream support? Oh, like, I don't know. (laughs) Um, I don't know that I've thought about it specifically, but... I'm like a huge fan of Banks. I think she's amazing. So that would be awesome. But honestly, like I, I'm like inspired by everybody. I, I don't know who would be like the ideal tour. Well, she's the one that sort of comes to my The Chimes and Aston double headline tour would be fun. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, would. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole sort of dark pop vibe has really taken off. I don't know whether COVID has helped that because everyone was sort of in a darker time, but prior to COVID, we also saw a big insurgence of these dark pop artists getting big. Yourself, Aston, Sammy Constantine, you grew up on the coast now in Sydney, Sarah St. James. There's been a lot of artists sort of taking on this dark pop genre and elevating it to a bit more mainstream. And I think it's been one of the most played genres on our show. Of the last few years. Awesome. Just because of Big It's Gotten, how well polished it all is, and there's so many artists embracing this. Do you think that is the current trend? And is that something that you're wanting to continue down that path? Are you wanting to change genres? What do you, what does what the future look like? Well, I don't know. I think like it's hard to tell what the trends are because they're, it's so saturated and everybody's looking at something different. For me, like what I see on TikTok is a lot of like singer songwritery pop stuff, mm. like almost Ed Sheeran y kind of, but like a little more pop leaning. I think it just depends on where you're looking in terms of what's trending. But For me, I definitely love the direction that I'm going. The songs that I'm currently sitting on now that are unreleased, I'm like obsessed with and I like dying to release them, (laughs) I guess, because I wrote them recently. So they're like fresh and like hot in my brain. But yeah, it's definitely still that dark pop vibe. And I even think within dark pop, if like that's a genre, you know, it's very broad as well. Like another thing that I'd love to do at the end of this year is release a second EP. It's always been a goal of mine to do two EPs in a year, but we'll see how that goes. But yeah. Hardest working on the Central Coast, you can claim <laughs> if you do that. But yeah, the, the like alt, alt pop kind of dark pop is, has really taken off. And, and one thing that I think it like we've liked a lot about it is it's very, I don't know, there's a lot of depth to it. It's really ex- expansive. It's production is as important, uh, it feels, in terms of creating the feel and the mood of the track as anything else, which kind of sounds obvious to say, but for me personally, I feel like other elements of pop over the years haven't had what this does. So how important is getting that production right for you and, and like kind of how much of that do you write or do you collaborate with other people to get that sound? It's very important to me. I would like, I'd like to consider myself a producer, even though I don't really touch the computer. I'm like an over the shoulder 
producer, like what they call like a passenger seat driver or mm. <laughs> whatever people <laughs> say. I'm that person. I'm like, I want it to sound like this and we got to add this and it's too busy there or it's not busy enough. I'm definitely very involved in the process. I write all my songs with Cameron Taylor. He's my producer for the Chimes Project. We definitely are open to having other producers and we've worked with other producers, but he's sort of like the executive producer, if you will. But yeah, it's really important to me to have the production like be exactly the right vibe because I think it's pretty 50-50 when people, with people who listen to music, it's either they listen to the lyrics or they listen to the music. So for me, both are as equally important, but I do feel like maybe production is, I don't know, it's hard. Because like if you're listening on the radio and it's like turned down a little bit, you're not hearing the words really, you're hearing the Mm. music. And if it catches your attention, you're like, oh, let me turn it up kind of thing. Depends on the person, I guess. I'm more, the first time I listen to a song, I'm more like the beat and I'm a sucker for a good bass line. It just gets oh, me, me every too. time. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what sucks me <gasps> yes. in. People like my fiance, she's lyrics. She listens to the lyrics to connect to a song. And I also heard a thing that when you're happy, you're listening to the beat. And when you're sad, you understand the lyrics. That checks out. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know whether that. it's a mood thing as well. I'm yep. not too sure whether it's just a personal taste. But yep. there are certainly elements of importance for both. Definitely. 100%. I've worked with a lot of people who are all like, melody, melody, melody. It's about mm. the melody. And then other people who are like, the lyrics are super important. And then other people who are very focused on the production. I do completely agree. It's like totally subjective. But I'm really into a good baseline too. <laughs> I think like I grew up listening and like obsessed with Michael Jackson mm. and a lot of his songs start with a killer f- baseline. <laughs> I'm just going to swear. Well done. Um, <laughs> That's good. Um, a killer baseline. And like, I'm very inspired by that. A lot of the new music um, that I've written this year is like, all starts with like a really sick baseline. Mm. There you go. You got fans in us already. Can we uh, <laughs> have any tastes like without playing it? Obviously, can you can you share any details about this new music without giving too much away? Or are you going to keep it close um, to your chest? I don't know what I'd share. Like, what do you want to know? <laughs> what's inspired <laughs> this, this latest this latest run of music? Uh, what's inspired? What, what can people expect when EP does drop? I definitely think like there's a song on there that my mum said was like quite clubby. But who knows, clubby. like, you know, like, that's, they were her words. <laughs> that's it. Like the, the whole parent going, that's clubby. That's really like- cool. That's like clubby. Like, thanks, mommy. But yeah, it's like, I've got some upbeat stuff in there. I have a song, my favorite song I f- have been told sounds a little bit like K-pop. Um, or like inspired by K-pop at least. So I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of vague. <laughs> all right, no, that's all right. We can leave that Clubby and K-pop. Clubby, <laughs> <laughs> K-pop, you're going to have to hold on to your seat and just wait to see what Chimes has yes. in store. Hopefully but- at the end of the year. Yes. Yeah. 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 Speaking of your recording process, I do wonder, because your vocals are, I think, quite unique in sort of the pop space, the way that you work it. How many layers of vocal tracks with different effects are in your actual production? Because I know it's typical to have a lot, but I imagine you would have more than most. It depends. I definitely think we could do more. Um, <laughs> more. <Yeah. laughs> but like, I'm definitely not like Ariana Grande, 100 tracks kind of vocal layer. But Is that how many she has? Yeah, she works with 100, 100. tracks. Wow. Or more, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I It really depends on the song. To be honest, I probably don't have as many vocal tracks as I probably should um, or in comparison to other artists. I'm pretty minimalist and I think it could also be to my fault. 
I don't know. I we usually like we have a lead and then we'll do doubles of the lead. So you have one in the center and then, you know, one either side panning. And then we'll do harmonies. We usually do doubles of harmonies, every harmony. And then usually we'll take the lead and pitch it down, put like a formant filter on it because we love sort of like the because my voice is so light and airy. We like to add a bit of heaviness or like bulkiness to the vocal. So we usually pitch down and add that as a layer as well. Sometimes we create artificial harmonies, like we'll take my lead vocal and we'll like mess with it um, Mm. and create an artificial harmony that way. We sort of just like play around for every song. That's fine. It's it's very interesting that that side, like I don't know. Yeah, I've got no idea, (laughs) but it is very interesting. I mean, the the amount that you can do and and like there's like a, a craft in in that in itself, you know, as well as a whole other soundscape. It's like yeah. you can really vocal, craft vocals. Yeah, vocal producing is like a completely different thing. Like mm. the, there's a reason why people are a vocal producer as a separate job to being just like a producer mm. because it's like a whole nother world and like we're we're like looking to work with a vocal producer because it's like it's a lot of work. And I mean, I, not that I'm doing it, but <laughs> over like, the shoulder, <laughs> over the shoulder, but it's very tedious. And like you cut every little like lip smack or swallow or mm, every mouth click and every mouth click. Yeah. And then, you know, if the timing is slightly off, you got to like meticulously drag like mm. it just slightly forward or backwards to like it's screwed up. Honestly, I don't know how people <laughs> do it. I, I couldn't do it. So you mentioned you're an over sh- the shoulder producer. Do you have aspirations to become like a full time producer or are you more focusing on creating the art in the actual music and lyric sense? I would definitely love to because I do sometimes get frustrated in the studio when like I can hear an idea in my head, but I can't articulate it. Mm. And it's like so complicated and like this so like it sounds so dumb but it's like it honestly is right now i got too many other things going on i'm like i really can't i've got you know very very privileged my best friends my producer so you know we spend every waking moment together working on the songs mm-hmm. if we wanted to i'd love to be able to comp my own vocals like be my own vocal producer because i'm very pedantic about my vocal but i can only control so much because i don't know what i'm doing so that would be what I would do first before I jump into production fully. Mm. What's your musical background? Like when did you get into songwriting or playing an instrument or how did you get into it? Well, actually my sister started guitar and singing lessons when she was like a young teen and she's my, she's older than me and I just wanted to be like her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, teach me. So she taught me a few chords on guitar and like I just took off from there. I can't read music, so it's all, like, by hearing. And I used to watch, like, videos on YouTube. Like, Ed Sheeran, I'd, like, watch and rewind videos on YouTube mm. and copy what he's doing. So much so that I used to sing with an English accent when I was younger because, like, <laughs> he was, like, the only person that I listened to. And, yeah, then eventually I started singing lessons um, and that's how I met my producer, Cameron. He was, like, working the... Good name. Yeah, and um, he was doing the live sound for the student concerts. So I, like, met him through that. But, like, my my mum's side is very artistic. So my opa, which is German for grandpa, he was in a band and my mum is a figure skater, dancer. Ooh, um, that's cool. And, yeah, so she used to do ballroom dancing. She was a national figure skating champion. So, like, that kind of artistic side's mm. always been in my family. And I said before, when I, when I grew up, I was like obsessed with Michael Jackson. Mm. So, 
MJ helps. And then, yeah, yeah obviously <laughs> that, that family influence plays a really big role, I suppose, in like mm. when you're developing how you perceive the world. Yeah. In the Always first surrounded place. by music. And like mm. my mom's like really into like the 80s pop ballads, like power ballads and like stuff like that. So I was like always listening to that growing mm. up. How old are you? Can I ask? <gasps> no. That's rude. <laughs> it's yes. rule number one. <laughs> How old do you think I am? Well, you said uh, you, they, they, you, they, you they. were young playing guitar listening to Ed Sheeran, so I imagine you're a bit younger than we are. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't bring me into this. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocking at age. Yeah, I, don't think, yes, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't I grew know. up listening to Ed Sheeran. I found him before everybody else did. Really? I'm gonna, oh, so you OG I'm, Ed I'm one of those people, right. right, with Ed Sheeran. Yeah. I found him. But when he released his Loose Change EP. See, I haven't even heard of that. So. It's like, oh, my God. It's so old, I can't even tell you. But <laughs> I think I found him through, do you know Gabrielle Applin? No. She's another British singer, folky kind of. Right. She's a bit more pop these days, but I don't know how. But there was like this, I found her through him anyway. But, yeah, I was like obsessed with OG him. OG Ed Sheeran. Like, oh. yes. It's like a hard thing to imagine and now. when he came to Australia... I was like, Mom, please let me go. <laughs> and she had never heard of him. And he was playing in some tiny, like, freaking random venue in oh. Sydney. Did you see the show? No, because oh. she because I was young and she wouldn't let me go. And she's like, I don't know who he is. You're not going. And then the next year he came back and did a freaking arena. I was going to say, like, you, yeah. you couldn't see him in Australia now outside of an arena. That would have been. Stadium. That would have been. Yeah, yeah. That would and have been. Yes, and I saw him again when he did his stadium tour. cried the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Man, that would have been such a little feather in your cap to be I like, know. I saw him at this tiny venue. But, you know, my yeah. sister can actually claim that with Taylor Swift. When Taylor Swift no. came here, wow. she played in bloody Whoop Whoop in Sydney in the world's smallest venue. It was like a bar. Imagine if you like you you would have had the the double like family had seen big artists two well, the biggest <laughs> artists flex. on the planet yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. there yep. you go that's it's, it's it's honestly hard to imagine my mum has a couple of those flexes of like seeing like in excess in a real small oh, thing and then yeah. like, Bob Marley and stuff mm. and um I don't think I've got that yet I but but we any. might have we might just be waiting for them to blow up it'll be me there we go yeah we say we say you chimes yeah 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 and then we're gonna have that flat that flex. Uh, we're in the business of launching careers at Homebrew, so yes. we have to take full responsibility <laughs> yes, for any success from here. Yep. On. Yeah. I'll shout you guys out every time. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> the title track off your latest EP, Karma. What can you tell us about that track? Karma is, she's definitely the moment where you're ready to let go of a toxic friendship or relationship, person, whatever it may be, and get to that like euphoric letting go, I'm free Karma will take care of them. I don't have to do anything about it kind of stage in a breakup. It's like definitely exploring like moments of realization of like how the relationship's been, but then like sort of breaks into this euphoric kind of upbeat, fun chorus that's like, you suck, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> I can just like enjoy watching from a distance. Karma is going to take care of it. Yeah. There you go, healthy. And, and what I add, like the a lot of the like thematic um, elements of music like yours and a lot of the other alt pop stuff that we've been playing has had this address your friendships, be treated right. You know, it's like this really healthy, yeah. emotionally mature way and like power to it is really good. Mm. So if you're out there listening, keep that in mind and uh, rid yourself of the toxicity <laughs> in your life. You don't no need one it. Needs you can do better it. than yeah. it. And uh, you've got living proof through your ears in front of us right now <laughs> in Chimes that uh, it's a good way to handle your emotions. So, Chimes, thanks so much for coming in and chatting to us. Thank you. It's, uh, like I said, been a long time coming. Thank you.